Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Man, I'm so glad that you decided to be with us. Whether you're watching it live right now or you're watching it record, we just want to welcome you online. At 9 a.m., as Pastor JF just said, we had actual people here in the auditorium. I got to actually hear people talking back to me, which is so exciting as a preacher, right? Like, I, I loved having people in the house, but we're excited that you're joining us online, and we're so grateful for what God has been doing through technology during this unprecedented season. We know that he is moving powerfully in this new way, and so it is exciting, but I was telling the crowd this morning, it's so interesting how the Lord has been speaking in unique ways during this unique season, and it's it's really incredible um, to to have the Lord speak in a new, unique way in the last few weeks. Uh, you've heard me maybe talk about our family. I have, we, Pastor JF and myself, we have a daughter, Israel, and we have a son, Fulton. But we also have two little furry babies as well, right? We have Rolly, who's our old guy. He is a cockapoo, and he's, uh, you know, a big gray, furry thing. And then we have tiny little gizmo who's our somewhat brand new puppy we got him last year and we were laughing this week because you know Rolly's that old dog that doesn't like new tricks man he's just you know he's learned what he wants to learn and he's kind of there and and we had a doggy door installed last week and Rolly just kind of looked at it and shook his head like you really think I'm going to use that no not not happening but uh gizmo loves it and Last week, maybe it was the week before, the Lord really spoke to me in a bizarre way, a way that I've never had the Lord speak to me before, and he used uh, a particular situation that wasn't uh, ideal for me, but uh, always grateful to hear the Lord speak. It's one of those uh, situations where Rolly, with his little tender stomach, had eaten something that just didn't sit well, right? And <laughs> this is so gross. My, our precious Rolly dog came into the kitchen where I was, and he kind of looked at me like, uh, this is about to happen. Do you, do you, have you ever had that look from your dog, maybe your pet? And, <laughs> and Rolly, you know, glaring up at me, and then I hear him Right, so I'm walking over to the cabinet doing something, and I hear him hacking. Now, in the first service, I tried to do a hacking noise that sounded like it and hurt my throat, okay? So we're not going to do that today. But I hear him hacking like the dog in National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation, the dog under the table, right, that, that hacks what I hear him hacking that way, and I'm thinking, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, not in my kitchen floor, not in my kitchen floor, right? And then all of a sudden, wah, right? Rolly just pukes everywhere. Hey, what'd you, what'd you learn in church this morning? <gasps> Dog vomit. Now, in that moment of utter disgust, I literally thought, okay, I'm going right now to get all the cleaning stuff. Rolly, buddy, it'll be okay. Everything will be all right. And, and I go to grab the cleaning stuff, run back in, and the puke is gone. Well, where did it go? Rolly took care of it himself. We'll kind of leave it at that, right? Just the grossest thing ever. 
And I thought, oh, so disgusting. And in that moment, believe it or not, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you do that. And I thought, what? And and he reminded me of two passages of Scripture that we want to open up with this morning. Two passages of Scripture, one found in 2 Peter, but it's actually actually quoting uh, Proverbs 26. But let's go to 2 Peter, and I want you to read this because there's something here that I don't want you to miss. Peter is talking. He's actually really upset, and he's angry about this group of people that know the Lord and have followed the Lord, and, and the Lord has attempted to teach very specific lessons, right? There are people that that understand the presence of God and the power of God and have walked with the Lord before, but have grown unwilling to learn the new lessons that the Lord has for them. And so they're walking away from everything that God's calling them to. And in this passage, Peter is referring to a proverb, and he says this, starting in verse 22. We're in 2 Peter 2, 22. Of them, meaning the people that are walking away, from the Lord and what he has for them, of them the proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit. Why is a dog returning to his vomit, right? To eat it again. It's that gross. And a sow, meaning a pig, that is washed returns to her wallowing in that same mud. Okay, what what does that mean? That's, That's a really weird scripture to open up with, Pastor Ashley. What the Lord is saying is that we do that too. It's so, it's so human nature, right? That even though God has brand new things for us, good, healthy lessons to allow us to grow in everything that he's calling us to, we still return to the discarded stuff. We still turn back to that old stuff that really wasn't that healthy for us and ended up getting thrown up. But we'd rather go eat that than get the new nourishment, the new lessons, the new learning, the new seasons that God has for us because we don't know it or understand it. And in this series, we've been talking about Joshua. Strong and courageous, right? And the idea here is we want to look at Joshua and his life and learn exactly how the Lord spoke to him and used him in such a unique season, prayerfully that the Lord would use us similarly. But here's what I want you to understand this morning. God has very specific lessons, specific lessons for us in this very unique season, this unprecedented season. You see, we are in the passage of Scripture where Joshua is about to lead all of Israel into the promises of God. And I believe that in this unique season, that God is calling us as the church, the big C church. We're all leaders. We're all that royal priesthood that Scripture calls calls us. In this season, he's calling us to be those leaders and to lead the people of God not just out of slavery, but into the promises he has for us. So today I want to look at three lessons. Three lessons that I believe were similar to what Moses learned, but the Lord was able to utilize Joshua in this season of preparation. 
in this season that was a precursor, literally right before they walked into the promises of God. So I have three lessons for you this morning that I believe the Lord unpacks for Joshua and his people right before they entered into the promised land. Lessons to prepare them for walking fully into his promises. And if you're taking notes, the very first one is your witness bears weight. Your witness bears weight. Well, what, what are you talking about? Your witness bears weight. Most of the time when we think about a witness, we think about a court, right? Maybe you watch court TV, or maybe you're like me, and you feel like you are holding court in your house every single day during this pandemic. Any, any parents out there? I feel like I am negotiating some sort of court case between my kids every single day. Izzy's like, oh, he took my toy. Fulton's like, no, he, she did this, right? And they're both bearing witness to what they experienced. What does that mean? They're both expressing what they walked through. They're both communicating through their attitudes, their actions, their words, what their experience was. And that's what a witness is, right? In a court case, you call a witness forward so that they can share with everyone else what their experience is. And we've talked about this before. When God calls us to be witnesses, he doesn't call us to preach at people. He calls us to tell and share through our words, our attitudes, our actions, exactly what God has done in our lives, what we've seen him do in the lives of others, and what he promises us in scripture. And your witness for whatever it is, it actually bears weight. It bears weight. And we see this in, in, in passages of scripture throughout the Bible. And we especially see this with Moses. We see that your witness can actually affect whether or not you walk into the promises of God and even the people around you. We see it in, in the story of Moses, and maybe, maybe you're not familiar with it, but the children of Israel were God's chosen people, and yet they were in slavery for over 400 years. God sent a deliverer, his name Moses, sent a deliverer to walk them out of slavery, but didn't want to just stop there. You know, most of us, we say yes to Jesus. We, we walk out of the slavery of sin, right? We get our salvation is what we tend to call it. And then we think that that's it. No, 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 no. God has so much more, right? And so the Lord is leading Moses, telling them, hey, I, this is what I'm going to do for you. And Miracle after miracle, one in particular, literally walking up to the Red Sea, God sends wind, right, wind all night long to part the Red Sea after Moses waved his hand over it, and then the Israelites cross over the Red Sea on dry ground. Incredible stuff. And yet, when Moses sends spies into the land that was already promised, the land that God already said was theirs. All you have to do is go and possess it. When, when, the, when Moses sent those 12 into that land, 10 of them had a report that was against what the Lord said. Two had the report of yes, right? Yes, we can do it. The promises of God are yes and amen. Yes, our God is big enough. Let's go for it. 
But 10 had the report of, oh, no. No, 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 no. It's too big, right? The, the people are too big. The issue is too big. The problem is too big. My fear is too big. All the things. And what happened? Because of the witness, the report, the interactions of those 10, the entire nation of Israel, that entire generation outside of the two spies that actually had the, the positive, proper report, Joshua and Caleb, everyone else never stepped foot into the promise that God had for them. But you know, it dawned on me this week, praying through this passage, praying through this message, it's just so powerful because even the lives of Caleb and Joshua, even those were affected by the negative witness of those that they were leading with. You see, Joshua and Caleb walking into that promise was delayed for even them, even though they had that proper witness because of who they were leading with, having the wrong witness, a witness that didn't bear witness with what God was saying, instead bearing witness with their own fears, they were delayed in walking into the fullness of the promise. Friends, your witness bears Wait, it is a ripple effect. It can ripple for the bad, but it can also ripple for the good. This week, I was talking with an amazing woman of God. God's just rocking her life, and she, she literally was here on the third row a couple hours ago, and so cool. Her name's Melissa Montgomery, and, and, and maybe some of you watching have interacted with her. She's just, she's so on fire for the Lord. She and her husband, Tyshawn, and it's so exciting to see what God is doing, but she was sharing with me how she's getting this incredible opportunity with those that are around her, her friends, to share what God's doing in her life. She's not trying to preach it, people. She's just sharing what God's done for her, and in that, the Lord is opening the hearts of the people around her. And, and they're open now to this God that she's talking about. Why? Because she is avidly sharing through her actions, her attitude, her words, what God has done in her heart. And they see that it's real. And it doesn't mean that her life is perfect. It definitely doesn't mean my life is perfect. She still walks through things. We all do, right? But it's, it's the difference of having that proper perspective in whose word matters more, right? But we see that positive ripple even in Scripture. You see, we talk about Moses' spies all the time, but Joshua also had spies. Scripture talks about two spies that Joshua sent into the land, that promised land, before they had to fight that battle. Look with me, Joshua 2. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Maybe tonight you can go and read the rest of that chapter. Because here's what I want you to see. The witness, the interactions with just those two spies 
Just those two individuals that Joshua had built up and had taught and had led because of their perspective, because of their witness, this woman, this prostitute, this pagan prostitute in a pagan land, not only by the end of the chapter professes Jesus or professes God, the God of Israel as Lord and Savior, not only that, she becomes a part of the house of Israel, right? The children of God. And then she becomes part of the lineage of Jesus, our Savior. Friends, that is the weight of your witness. We're talking about comparing 10, 10 individuals that their witness kept an entire nation from walking into the promises of God. And then two witnesses that not only their positive witness did allow the entire nation to walk into the promises of God, but also an entire pagan family converted through the interactions in just one simple visit. What is the weight of your witness? Where exactly does your witness point people? Does it point people to the Lord or does it point people to something else? Because your witness bears weight and the people around you, they truly do feel the influence of your witness. Joshua is walking into the unknown, right? He's gotten this report from the spies He's heard the report from them, and it's bearing witness. But he's walking into an experience that is unlike anything he's ever experienced before. And he's desiring to see his people. He's been desiring it for decades. He's desiring to see his people walk into the fullness of what God has called them to. And it's so interesting to me here what the Lord instructs, because I believe it is instruction for us here today. And I think that your spirit will bear, bear witness as well. Joshua 3, starting in verse 2. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, meaning the actual presence of God, that, that is what they carried the presence of God in at that point. Now we know that because of what Jesus did, his presence is inside of us. But the actual presence of God, literally walking with them through the Ark of the Covenant, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and the Levitical priests, these, this was the royal priesthood, carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. What is he saying? Okay, you're walking into the unknown. Here's what you do. You don't take a step without following the presence of God. And I believe that lesson is for us today. But I love how he unpacks the next part. When you follow the presence of God, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I love that then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Man, I thought through that this week. Oh, Lord, we have never been this way before. I have never been this way before. I have never pastored during a global pandemic. I would venture to say that you have never been this way before, right? This is unique. This is uncertain. So what do we do in these moments? It's my second point. I believe the Lord is clear. Yes, we follow 
the presence of God. And we do that through consecration. Number two, consecration brings clarity. Consecration brings clarity. So Joshua, Joshua 3 unpacks that we're to follow the presence of God. But the very next passage is verse 5. says, Joshua told the people, yeah, you're going to follow the presence of God, but you are to consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I love the power of this because Joshua doesn't say consecrate yourselves because you are unworthy. He doesn't say that. He said consecrate yourself because God wants to do awesome things through you. God wants to do awesome things in you. So many of us look at this idea of consecration as penance, but it's not about penance, friends. Jesus already paid the ultimate price. It's actually about hearing him better. And that word consecration is a churchy word. We don't really use it in our culture today at all, but the concept is very familiar to us. And let me explain it like this. Uh, if you know anything about me, I talk about it all the time. I am very directionally challenged. I always need GPS, even if it's something, you know, that it's someplace I've been before, but especially if I've never been there before, right? And I love the Waze app. Maybe you're familiar with that app. It has real-time traffic, all the things things. And, and I love ways, right? But if I'm in the car with multiple people, like namely my children, uh, in that moment, if I don't know where I'm going, if I've never been this way before, right? Then I need to hear the voice that's going to tell me which way to turn. I need to hear that clearly. So what do I do in that moment? I go, shh. Guys, 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 bring it down, bring it down. Why, mommy, why? Because I need to hear which way to go. That's exactly what consecration is. That's a practical application. But spiritually, friends, when, when you're consecrating yourself, you're simply shushing, you're hushing all the noises that are around you so that you can hear his voice more clearly. And I know that that's part of what God is calling us to today is not just following his presence. Yes, of course, he wants us to follow his presence. But how many of you have ever been in a situation where you thought you were following God and then you're like, oh, oh, I thought it was him. Oh, and I missed it, right? So as we're working to follow where he leads, it's so important that we also consecrate ourselves that we also hush those other noises that tend to blare, especially when we don't know which way to turn. It's consecration, giving clarity. So the three lessons that I believe that we see in this area of scripture where Joshua, he's just about to get to the point where they are going to battle over the promised land. And yes, uh, you're going, battle? Wait, I thought God already promised it to him. We're going to talk about that next week. But right as he's about to possess everything that the Lord promised, there are lessons of preparation that God calls him and his people to so that they can adequately possess everything he wants for them. 
And that's understanding that your witness bears weight, not just for you, but for the people around you. Number two, consecration brings clarity. It helps you hear his voice more clearly. It helps you know where his presence is leading you. And we're always called to follow his presence. And the last, today's last principle of preparation for possessing his promises. That's an alliteration, right? Lots of P's in there. Number three, further means feet in. At home, wherever you are, say feet in. If you're there with your kids, maybe wiggle your feet. You got your right foot in. You got your right foot out. Yeah. Uh, feet in. Say it out loud. Joshua and the children of Israel, they're following diligently the presence of the Lord. They're following the Ark of the Covenant. And God's presence leads them not into a flowery meadow where everything looks perfect, right? God's presence leads them right up to a raging riverbank. And I can only imagine what is going through their minds in this moment. You see, we as Westerners don't always understand that in those people and that time, water was something that they often feared, Water was something that often represented so many aspects of fear. Part of it was uh, flash floods. You know, we, we tell the story of the, the waters coming and destroying a house because the foundation was wrong. That happened often in the Middle East in that time. And so water was something to be feared, but also because these raging storms that would so quickly brew over bodies of water. And so I can imagine as the children of God were standing there looking at this raging river, which by the way, scripture is clear, says was at flood, at flood stage. It was flooding. It, and the Jordan is known for being a really powerful, the most powerful river in that region in terms of current. So they're looking at this raging river. They're looking at something that they feared, at the power that seemed was coming against them. And in that moment, in my mind's eye, the way I read it, I can hear some of the people go, oh, wait, 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 wait. Joshua, we remember my, my dad, my mom, my grandparent told me that Moses faced a similar situation like this. We remember the story. Our grandparents told us that Moses stretched his hand out over the Red Sea in a similar situation. And then God brought wind all night long and all of the children of God watched as God parted the sea and dried the sand and all of the nation walked across on dry land. So, ooh, Joshua, do it like that. Do it like that. Joshua, go ahead and wave your hand. Yeah, we'd love a sandy beach right here in the middle of the Jordan. Let's do that. Joshua, wait, do the hand thing, bro. Do the hand thing. And in that moment, hearing all the noise... Everyone telling him, no, 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 do it like this. Do it like this. God, there's no way God would call us to, he, he's going to make a sandy beach, right? Do the hand wave, hand wave. God looks to the Lord and says, okay, Lord, you tell me. And this is what the Lord says to Joshua. 
Joshua 3, verse 8. God says, tell the priests who carry my presence, who carry the Ark of the Covenant. Tell the leaders, tell the people who carry my presence with them. Tell them when they reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Whoa, 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 Lord. No, 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 no. That river's at flood stage. You, I, I think maybe you don't, maybe, Lord, you don't have a clear pick. No, no, no. It's, it's literally at flood stage. This is a very powerful current. You mean do the hand wavy thing, right? No, no, no. I want those that have my presence with them, I want them to stand in the river, feet in. But Lord, that's not the way you did it last time. That, that wasn't how, what it looked like with Moses. I said, if you want me to take you further, you got to go feet in. It's different. He's calling us to different things, different season, to trust him more. In the moments when we're staring at something that looks so fearful. In the moments when we're looking at something that seems so overwhelming. And we're thinking, God, why can't you just do it that way? Lord, why can't you just make all of this disappear? We want a sandy beach again, Lord. Do that. Do the hand wavy thing so we can just watch you do it from afar and then walk through. No, no, no. He said, this time's going to be different. I want your feet in the water. Trust me enough to put your foot in and then watch what I'll do. And look at what scripture says happens. This is how our God works. It says, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle. Whoa, wait, wait. In the middle? In the middle. But you mean they went to the other side? And they, No, no, no. They stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. And there they remained. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. In the middle. The priests. Some of you in, in your homes right now are thinking, oh, well, Pastor Ashley, that means you and Pastor JF. Go stand in the middle. No, friends. Scripture is so clear. That when we say yes to Jesus, because of what Jesus did, we are all the ones carrying his presence with us. Every single one of us. And in fact, scripture calls us the royal priesthood. Everyone who said yes to Jesus, regardless of our different roles, regardless of our different callings, we are all the royal priesthood. And he is beckoning for each and every one of us in our own way. To put our foot in the water. Feet in. Not to be alone. Not to be there terrified. But feet in with his presence that never leaves us. Never forsakes us. And we watch what he's going to do around us as our feet are in the water. In that moment, feet in. 
and the Lord stops the water and the ground is dry. But I love the power of that picture because I can see it in my head. Those priests that are holding the Ark of the Covenant, knowing that the presence of God is with them, but they can still see the fearful stuff all around them. Called to the middle. To the middle of the Jordan. To the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation passes by. Until the entire nation walks through. Until the entire nation is free from that season. They are in the middle. And I can tell you, friends, as leaders, if you are a Christian, you are a leader. In whatever sphere you operate in, you are a leader. You possess the presence of God. He is with you, never forsaking you. And you are called to the middle. I wrote something down on my notes this week. It says, what if the miracle is in the middle? What if the miracle is in the middle? What if what God wants to do, not just for you, but for everyone around you is found when you are willing to stand in the middle? Not alone, never alone, with his presence, standing in the middle, allowing him to do for you and for others what he desires, regardless of how scary everything looks around you, regardless of your own personal fears. In the middle, there's power. There's power in being willing to be held by God in his presence right there in the middle before everything's clear, before everything looks easy, standing in the middle. And that's something that I love this passage. That's something that the Lord says, I never, ever want you to forget. Look at Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from where? From the middle. Take twelve stones. Lord, you mean from the destination, right? No, 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 no from the middle of the Jordan. 12 stones from right where the priests are standing. Carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Those stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Friends, we are now grafted into the people of Israel because of Jesus. Those stones are to be a memorial for you. For exactly what you're walking through right now, exactly what you are facing those 12 stones. A reminder of the middle. God said there's so much power in not just trying to remember the destination, but remembering his presence being with you in the middle. In the middle. I'll close with this. In Matthew 3. Jesus is on the banks of that same river, that same raging Jordan River, right? And in that moment, he looks at John and he says, John, John, you have to baptize me here. This is in, in this place, John. It has to be here. This is, I, I want you to baptize me. And John says, no, Lord. No, 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 I don't. No, 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 you baptize me. I can't, I can't baptize you. And Jesus said, no, 
John, I need you to baptize me and it needs to be here. And in my head, the Lord says to him, you got to understand, this is a place where the presence of God was with my people here in the middle. And they need to understand that what I'm about to do by going to the cross, what I'm about to do for paying for their sins, what I'm about to do for purchasing their healing, I am going to be that representation. I will be the rock that represents in the middle. And I'll be that for them. For every human ever to live, I'm offering that to them. And we watch in Matthew and John baptizes Jesus, and when Jesus comes out of the water, what happens? The Holy Spirit, and the symbol of a dove, comes and rests with Jesus. What's that picture there? Friends, because of what Jesus did for you and for me, he is always with us. He is always with us in the fear, in the middle in the fullness of the promises, he is with us in the middle, wherever you are. Understand that God is calling us as the church, as his people. He is calling us out. He desires, I believe with all of my heart, to bring us into the fullness of what he has for us. It's not just salvation. Yes, everyone looks forward to being with the Lord in heaven. But friends, he's calling us to something here and now. He has promise and purpose for you. But there's also specific preparations to be able to walk into possessing those promises. And it involves understanding that your witness has weight. How you're communicating through your actions, attitudes, words, all of that. How you're communicating what you're experiencing to the people around you not only determines you're walking into his promises, a lot of times it will affect whether they get to or not. That's hard. That's hard to understand, right? But your witness has weight our consecration, our willingness to hush all the noises around us so that we can hear him more clearly, so that we can follow his presence more diligently and understanding exactly how he's leading. That consecration helps bring that clarity. And lastly, if we truly want to go further, if we want to go further in everything he has for us, not because it earns his love, not because it, it makes him love us more. No, no, no. Just because he has more for us. To go further, we got to be feed in. We got to trust him more. We got to trust him more than how he, he worked in the last season. This is a new season. And his presence is calling us to be, for now, in the middle. I want to pray for you. If you've never said yes to Jesus... If you've never said yes to this forgiveness that he offers us, this purpose, his promises, you can do that now wherever you are, watching from home or work, on your phone or a smart TV, whatever it is. And, and it doesn't have to be fancy words. It's just talking to him in your own, in your own language, however you would say it to your close friend. Lord, I, 
maybe, maybe you say it like this, Lord, I don't, I don't understand all of it, but I know that I, I want your forgiveness. I want to live life with your purpose, your plans. Lord, I give you my life, and, and I want to take yours on. God, I want to live for you. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me, for paying a debt that I couldn't pay. So, God, I receive your gift. And, friends, if you pay, pray some version of that prayer, we know, we know that we know that all of heaven is rejoicing. All of heaven rejoicing over you saying yes to Jesus and that your eternal security is paid for. But he has purpose for you now. He has plans for you now. He has a calling for you now. He's already put gifts in you now that he desires to use in this season for such a time as this. And so for those of us desiring to walk into the fullness of what God has, for those of us desiring to be used by him in whatever way he chooses, I wanna pray for you right now. Maybe you'll join with me because I'm, I'm praying this for me too. I don't ever preach something that the Lord's not dealing with me personally about. You just get to hear it. This is what the Lord's convicting me of, right? Lord, we come to you right now, God, because we know that you have us in this season for a purpose. Lord, that, we, that you can use all things and you will when we allow you to. So Lord, help us, God, to understand the weight of our witness. Highlight to us if there are things that we're saying or doing or attitudes that we have about having to walk through this season. Lord, we repent of it. We ask God that that the weight of our witness would be everything that you desire for it to be. And God, that those that are around us, those that we're leading, those that, that we influence in whatever sphere we're in, God, that we would be influencing them for your good, for everything you desire for them. Lord, we want to follow your presence fully. We don't want to take one step, Lord, without your presence. And we don't want to walk in front of you, God. We want you to lead. You tell us. And God, we know that we need to hear you clearly for that. So Lord, we ask that you would help us to consecrate ourselves. Show us, Lord, the noise in our lives. Show us, Lord, the areas that we need to hush so we hear you better. And God, we ask that you would make us people that are feed in. God, we want to go exactly where you're calling us. We want to go further, and we know that requires more trust. So, Lord, even though almost all of I know I would, God, I'd prefer you just blow it all out of the way, and then there's a sandy beach, and I don't even have to trust you, God, because I see you already wiped it all out. I personally would prefer that. But, Lord, make us people that are feed in. Feed in the raging water. Feed in the fear. Feed in whatever it is for your glory. Because we know that when we step out trusting you, that you will move in your way and your time. We thank you for it, Lord. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.